This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? All the animals come out at night, sick, venal. Someday a real rain will come and wash all the scum off the streets. I go all over. I take people to the Bronx, Brooklyn. I take them to Harlem. I don't care. Don't make no difference to me. It does to some. Some won't even take spooks. Don't make no difference to me. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin in a heavy Martin Scorsese week. Very excited. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be reviewing his latest offering, Killers of the Flower Moon. So we thought that it was the right time to throw it back to one of his earliest collaborations with frequent collaborator Robert De Niro and 1976 in the form of Taxi Driver. I am so glad that we decided to do this because I have only very faint memories of Taxi Driver. And I think for most people, actually, the the scene, right, the you talking to me, you talking to me scene has become so emblematic of Taxi Driver that you forget everything else that's in the movie. And actually, you forget how that scene is a very small and almost peripheral part of what the movie actually is about and what Travis Bickle is actually about. Um, this was such a great revisit. It's also a movie that weirdly feels even more resonant and relevant today, uh, maybe even than when it came out in the 70s. Can you believe that Martin Scorsese was 34 years old when he made this movie? What I, are I, we I doing up, with life? My gosh. <laughs> At 34, because I, I looked up his age, right? Like how young, uh, you see there's some of the reviews that came out back then and they're like, oh, um, upcoming young director Martin Scorsese, you know, <laughs> makes Taxi Driver and, you know, puts his stamp on Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how old was he when he made this? Um, and it's even crazier to think about like, this week when he's releasing uh, Killers of the Flower Moon uh, at 80, right? Once again with Robert De Niro. I've never seen Taxi Driver, but of course, like I've known about Travis Bickle. I've seen the the skits and parodies. I've seen the video essays, the think pieces. And I think when you watch this movie, or for me, when I watch this movie, finally, you understand why Martin Scorsese was who he was even back then, even at 34. Um, because it's a, it's a beautiful movie. Um, it's heavy and it's weird and it's disturbing, but I loved it. I, I loved the whole thing. It's such a vibe and I loved like every minute of it. I struggled with watching Taxi Driver outside of the references. Um, and, and, and I think that mm. that's just a product of watching it today when so many other films have paid homage to it or are inspired by it in very big significant ways right like the constant voiceover which we heard at the start there we've se- we've now seen it applied to so many did it remind anyone else of Rorschach from yes. Watchmen right yeah. and I was like it's almost yeah. the same lines and I never realised it it's before. Rorschach it's um, the Batman who yes, reminded yeah. us of Rorschach then mm-hmm. you know so it, it's it's a lot of references it's um, Joker exactly oh, yeah. without mm. Travis Bickle there's no Fight Club so you know th- there's a lot yes. of that kind yeah. of stuff that's very hard to disentangle from what is otherwise this very weird weird, lo-fi, dreamy, low-budget, super indie movie. Um, I think that 
it's so interesting. It's very hard for me to... It's hard for me to put a finger on. I kind of wish I'd watched it sooner and not um, after Martin Scorsese was already or has already been lauded as a great director after we knew all these other things. Actually, I'm so glad you brought up the indie feel of it, right? Because it struck me while watching Taxi Driver and then again while watching, to be honest, Killers of the Flower Moon, that the thing Scorsese has become known for, which is these Big, um, huge budget, huge budget, um, very um, large emotions kind of movies. Sure, he does those, but actually, I feel like he's an indie filmmaker at heart, no? Because look at Taxi Driver and look at how lo-fi is a great word. The um, uncertainty of what the movie is trying to do, the the relative difficulty of like trying to get something to hook onto in the film. It's not a straightforward story. And and you see those fingerprints in Killers of the Flower Moon as well. And and I love that. I love that you can see the 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 roots in some ways of the young uh, of the Martin Scorsese in this 34-year-old um filmmaker, I also think it's really interesting that he was that age. I didn't realize that until you brought it up, Arvind. And that's the perfect age to tell the story because the story is about a man in his late mid to late 20s, uh, feeling disenchanted uh, in a city, trying to figure out what life is. And it, that's almost like a perfect coming together because De Niro was also uh, 31 in this film. He says that he's 26. He's 26 in the movie. He's 26 right? he in the movie, yes. Travis Bickle's 26 mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, I think... Like looking at all his movies also um, and now also watching Taxi Driver, he's so good at forcing you to relate or resonate with characters that movies normally don't get you to resonate with. Um, Like your protagonist is the antagonist and then you're forced to uh, see the world through this person's eyes, right? And and he is like, he's basically unhinged. Um, His worldview is is contorted, it's twisted, he has a a strange way of looking at things um, and you don't know if what he's seeing is actually true or it's a figment of his imagination and and a pure like fabrication. Um, And Martin Scorsese does those things. I think especially here that you have to sit with Travis Bickle throughout the movie um, and it is completely his movie. You don't get to spend time with anyone else. You have to look at it through this very, very weird lens. Um, and I think that's the whole point. Right? And some people pick that up for the wrong reasons. I think some people see him as an icon. It's very disturbing to see the world through this guy's lens. It's not nice. And I think that's what you should come away with, that it is not nice to be Travis Bickle. Uh, we've come this far without a summary. And, and that's partly because the film... Uh, defies an easy summary. It, it really is about Robert De Niro's Travis Bickle, who says he is a 26-year-old Vietnam War vet, um, formerly of the Marines, who can't sleep and decides that if he's going to be driving around anyway, he might as well get paid for it uh, and therefore takes up a sort of six to six, like six PM, PM to 6 AM, um, you know, kind of late night shift, um, which turns him into a creature <clears throat> of the night, uh, which means that he's observing and increasingly getting bothered by um, the people who come out on what was then a near bankrupt city, um, New York. So it's sex workers, it's um, drug pushers, drug pushers, it's criminals, it's all these things. And the film really is about how he deals with that feeling uh, more so than anything else. It doesn't really have a plot. It's more about how he feels and the expression, the output of that in weird and strange ways. And the reason I said that it seems so relevant to today is because it's also really tapping into um, 
that sort of misplaced rage that you have about a, a life that isn't fulfilling, about a world that doesn't seem to have a place for you. And you about a space you don't like yes, being in. Yes. Yeah. And and sort of events that are happening that are beyond your control, that rage then gets channeled into these sort of unhealthy obsessions. It's something that we see these days a lot, right? When we talk about um, incel culture, when we talk about online bullying or rage, and um, even sadly, the school shootings that we hear of in America, there's so much that is resonant with this movie. Um, I also thought that the other really amazing thing is the way the city is shot, the way New York City looks, um, not just through Travis Bickle's experience and eyes, but even the way it kind of exists behind him as he's driving around, right? Um, I don't know that the city has ever looked like this. It looks simultaneously beautiful and dreamy, but at the same time, grimy and difficult and disgusting. That's why. That's the part I hate the most, because then you kind of understand why Travis feels the way he mm, feels. Wants to right? flush it all away. Yeah. He wants to flush it all away. Um I, I love I love, love, love movies that turn the setting into its own character. Um, and in this case, like New York City, right? And, and because of the music and the cinematography, uh, it's like perfect world building. Like you know where is what, but at the same time you also know the kind of New York City that this movie is going for. There's a kind of life there and it's like palpable. But you like you also see you know, why this guy hates driving around, but he's forced to drive around this city. Um, none of it feels safe. None of it feels cozy or warm or homely. Uh, there's such a heavy sense of like loneliness throughout the entire city, wherever he goes, even when he's with other people, which... It's also not usually the de the depiction of New York that we get. Like, we don't normally see this side of New York. We see the cozy, romanticized version. So this is also is, is very, very different. Very, very different. And a big part of that comes from Paul Schrader's script, which I want to come back mm. to after this. Uh, we're talking today about Taxi Driver from 1976. We want to know if you've watched it. Um, talk to us. I, I wanted to do a play on you talking to me, but it feels cheap. Anyway, um, talk to us. Let us know <laughs> if you've watched it, if you remember liking it. You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Bruce Freddie Morrissey, BFM. 89.9 You talking to me? You talking to me? You talking to me? Well, who the hell else are you talking to? Talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. Who the f*** do you think you're talking to? BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmilan Arvin and um, everyone knows what we're talking about, right? I think based on that clip. So uh, on today's throwback, because we have got a Scorsese De Niro extravaganza this week, um, we are talking about Taxi Driver, which is of course directed by Martin Scorsese. And uh, before we talk about the acting, it's written by Paul Schrader. And, and we do have to talk about the script because the... 
the the whole notion of the film is that you never Ivan, you earlier said you don't really know whether Travis Bickle is for real or not. You you don't actually know whether anything he says is true. And the the other thing that makes the film even more discombobulating is you don't even know if what is being shown on screen is happening because the guy is deteriorating to such a great degree that you really don't know. Every conversation, you don't know whether it's it's real or not. Um, every single incident. And Paul Schrader kind of wrote it after a bout of insomnia and, you know, while in a haze of his own. And I mean this in the best way, I think it shows. No, for sure, right? I mean, it's 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 simplistic to turn it into a, ah, I was all a fever dream movie. That's not what this is, because that would be a cheat. But I think that not knowing is actually really important. When we talk about when we talk about Travis being an insomniac, not being able to sleep, losing his grip on reality, you feel like that watching the movie, right? Like the way certain scenes pop in and out, the way he is like doing something kind of really odd and then the next minute sitting in a diner on a date and you're like, what just happened? What happened in between? Right. But even his premise of what a date is, yes. is deeply problematic. And did that really happen? Or is that what you think in your head you might have done and how she would have reacted? Right. And and all of that puts you in a constant state of anxiety while you're watching the film in, in the best possible way. Um, it really draws you in. I also wanted to say that the problem, um, like you said earlier, Lynn, with knowing so much about this line and and this scene is that you spend three quarters of the film waiting for it to happen. And you're and then when it does happen, I remember being actually kind of surprised at how low-key he was. Because the imitations and the spoofs are so much more high energy. So like, you're talking to me? But actually the scene is very soft and subtle. It's not even that. I thought he had a mohawk. I've watched this scene many in times. In my head, I remember yeah. him having yes. a mohawk, but yes, I thought he the doesn't. lighting was red. So in my memory of this scene, I know it's in his crappy apartment, but I remembered it with red lighting and Robert De Niro having already shaved the mohawk. Mm. And that's not what no, it is. No, that's not what it is. Yeah. Which is why, right, I think it's so, so, so important to watch this movie without a 2023 lens or without a modern, a modernized lens. Because I think... It's so easy nowadays to put Taxi Driver in a box and dismiss it as problematic. Um, it's also true that Travis inspired like many, many similarly toxic characters like Todd Phillips' Joker, Joaquin Phoenix' Joker is like a love letter to Taxi Driver. There's so many copy-paste scenes, right? But I also think like looking at a movie like this through a hyper-progressive 2023 lens is quite reductive and it takes away a lot of what the movie is actually trying to say stuff like like loneliness and like we mentioned he was a vet so like abandonment pain ptsd trauma um, depression insomnia all that stuff there's so much that's happening here to explore and i think the best way to explore it is with like a neutral as neutral mindset as possible while also acknowledging that travis is unhinged and racist and sexist and capable of horror, like horrific violence like you know but that doesn't mean that this is also not one of the most influential movies of the last 50 years, right? It still is. Like, it's still a really, really good movie. It's also important to say that I don't think that um, the the filmmakers actually condone Travis. It's, no, it's, no, it's true, typical no. that, you know, once you put something out into the world, how people will receive it is how people will receive it. If, if folks want to regard Travis Bickle as some sort of moral hero in the same way that uh, Joker is apparently an appropriate reaction to crime, um, you know, or, or to like an appropriate reaction to loneliness. Sure. Or Tyler Durden and capitalism. Correct. Yeah. So if, if that's how you want to view it, then 
then let's talk or not actually but you know that's that, that's a separate thing but the way the filmmakers approach Travis I don't think is that way and the way Robert De Niro plays Travis also is not that way it's played with um, empathy and understanding I don't think it's played with celebration no and oh gosh Robert De Niro when he first appears on screen his first shot I looked at him and I thought man he was handsome first but second as he goes along and he becomes less attractive as you get to know the character I'm I started thinking man is he charismatic mm. look at you cannot take his eyes off him even when all he's doing is sitting in a cab staring out of his window. Doing weird push-ups sometimes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, no, and, and what a performance. Like, you can see the De Niro he would become. He's also not the De Niro from Godfather because he was younger then. Um, but you could see the evolution of him as a performer. It's such a fine performance. You can sense the social awkwardness. Like you can sense his discomfort yes, with, yeah. with other people. He's not the like, sort of confident performer that you see maybe like five films later. No, no. Um, also, like, can we talk about Jodie Foster? Yeah, uh, like, yes. Because it's it's so interesting that um, Jodie Foster was the youngest cast member in Taxi Driver, right? And she said many times that uh, Scorsese and De Niro didn't know how to approach her for certain scenes because she does certain things in certain scenes and she's underage. Um, she plays an underage uh, prostitute. But at that point she had actually been in more movies than both De Niro yes. and Scorsese. So she is the, the more seasoned performer. Like she said this once on Conan O'Brien or, or something, I can't remember. So at 12, you have like the more seasoned performer, then you have Scorsese and De Niro, which I think is the only way that role works because you needed the 12-year-old with 20 years of experience, if that makes sense. And that's Jodie Foster, la. It's a tough performance. Um, I, if if Robert De Niro is hard to watch as the movie progresses, um, Jodie Foster is tough to watch from the very first time she shows up on screen because mm. she is actually 12. She looks 12. Um, and there are moments where she is, I guess, doing... It's not so much the acts, you know, that bothered me. It was the acts of attempted seduction that I think were very difficult to yeah. watch. Um, anything involving her and Harvey Keitel, who's also casually in this film. Oh my God. Um, There's one particular scene that I, I like had to like try not to look yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's, it's really difficult. And I think it's... the I think the film handles it just about as sensitively as you could expect it to, um, especially considering the fact that her character is actually so pivotal to the whole thing. I... Actually, the she looks 12 is interesting because there were some scenes when she's made up or some scenes when she's saying something so beyond her years. Yeah, but the problem is we know what she yes. looks like later. No. So she looks the same. Yes. And then you're like, okay. But but it throws you, right? Yeah. And actually, it's a, it's an amazing performance. She's The character is written so well. She's shot beautifully. The the chemistry between her and De Niro are amazing. They did rehearsals a lot. Uh, yeah. So it, yeah. It, it's there's so much about that performance that made me think... Firstly, we would never see this probably again on screen because they wouldn't make a, a, a movie or a character like this today. Um, but I'm glad that we have this because actually it is very important to the storyline, I hope. And from what you hear from Jodie Foster, um, she was very happy with the performance and how everything worked on set. So I'm glad to hear that. Um, it's, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing turning point for the film, I think. Yeah, and, and it's also nice to know that the performers and the, the people involved have fond memories of the movie, right? Because like very often movies like this, you come out with people saying that they, they, were, they were uncomfortable on set. 
but i think like everybody involved like had a good time making this so that makes the movie even better la um i wanted to ask like who do you who would you recommend this to today because i think like everyone if you like movies i think you should watch taxi driver the fact that i would have loved to have seen this like maybe 10 15 years ago but the fact that i just watched it i'm like oh man missed a lot I would recommend it to anybody who loves film. I would also recommend it actually to anybody who loves a particular kind of cinema. Like if you like Bat- the Batman, if you like Joker, if you like Fight Club, but also you're a person that I can hang out with and talk movies about. <laughs> Because I'm not talking about the other subset of people that all those movies have in common. <laughs> I think um if you love movies yes um even more so if you love film and um if you like art house films in particular because there are a lot of shots and there are a lot of disorienting storytelling methods used here that really belong in the world of indie art house cinema and so if you're expecting a more straightforward like shootout or you know heat then this is not to, to name Robert De Niro movies um then then this is not really the one it's not even as straightforward as a fight club or a joker no, or, or anything like that mm. so i think you do need to have a little bit of patience uh, or a little bit of comfort um with art house sensibilities we're talking today about Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver from 1976 um It's a very good film. Have you watched it yet? Did you like it? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us at movies at bfm.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, Download the BFM app.